a girl should be two things who she is and what she wants a woman who understands her worth value and potential is powerful she creates the world she wants nurtures those around her and transforms power into the change she wants to see each time a woman stands up for herself she stands up for all women we all have a wonder woman inside of us and without the struggle she will not stumble across her strengths so in this series we talk to the women who have chosen to stand and represent her constituents in the wards of the Sutherland Shire Council to prioritize the needs of people who live here and each one does not believe her gender is a barrier but they have seen and felt the disrespect, unfairness and dismissiveness of men in power and know that equality and inclusion is possible when we understand power is not given to you, it's something you already have. It's about taking what you have and using it to create what you want. We dive deep into why they ran for the most recent council elections and what they hope to achieve in the next three years. Now, my first guest is Laura Cow. Okay, so today I am talking with Laura Cow, who is our independent at eWard. She was recently elected onto the Sutherland Shire Council, and she's now talking with me today about everything that has got her up until this point. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much, Pip. <laughs> now, the first thing I'm going to have to ask you is um, what has been the most fascinating aspect of running for council? Uh, It's a really good question. I think the most fascinating um, part of running for council was just the way that the community responds um, to your campaigning. And I was campaigning during COVID lockdowns. Um, I was really... I was struggling a lot with how I was going to get out into the community, being a people person and, you know, needing to get my brand out there. Who am I and why am I running? Um, It was just, I I was fascinated by the process of how um, Liberal and Labor do what they do because they're our major brands in the political parties, as you know. And um, I was, I thought I might learn something from them to do that. But in the end, I'm not a very good learner of politics. So I just went about my own business. And I must say, it was just such a great response from the community. All they wanted was transparency and someone to listen to them and really active listen. And that's what I found the most fascinating was that it was just such common sense and so easy. She's an experienced marketing and business growth professional, and she has worked extensively across corporate and not-for-profit sectors. She's also eager to ensure comprehensive plans are in place to enable the Sutherland Shire to continue as a connected and safe community. Laura is committed to maintaining the active lifestyles of all residents, young and old, and has a passion for civic service. Councillor Cowell, as she is now known, enjoys contributing to the community as a volunteer, as well as sport, traveling, reading, and spending time with family. She's the Vice President of the Sutherland Shire Football Association and a Member Protection Information Trainer at the Office of Sports and a member of Shire Women. In this conversation, you'll get to know Laura. A few weeks ago, I sat down with her at Club W in Cronulla to discuss her priorities, concerns and the impact she hopes to make during this term. 
How many people do you reckon you came into contact with during that period? Um, not as many as I would have liked to. Um, I would have. I think I answered at least a thousand questions um, throughout the two-week period of the actual um, pre-polling and also via email and some of them you don't know if they're real or not you know you get a lot of curly-whirly questions Um, but yeah I think I think there was probably about a thousand and then there was so many people that my Facebook posts would um, reach which was really I I didn't realize that social media hadn't been used as much as I was using it um, for campaigning and you know I was reaching I, I kind of targeted only eward but I was reaching a you know hundred thousand um, impressions per week which was just fantastic so you were popping up everywhere yeah some people <laughs> some people were saying I've seen your billboards by the way I didn't have billboards I just had little posters with my face plastered all over it um, and I was on there mobile phones and it was really funny because one of the um, candidates who was running for the Labor Party was standing at the pre-polling and he looked at his Facebook page and then up popped an ad for me. (laughs) I thought that was fantastic. (laughs) So what does that campaign look like? Because especially during COVID you would have had some unique challenges. Yeah. Generally, like what does that, does that mean putting a team together? Is it like, does a family get involved? Tell Tell me what that was like for you. Um. Look, it was a bit lonely at, during the campaign because it, there was no COVID was locked down. We were isolated. We actually went into um, you cannot leave your home or go without five kilometres or something. Um, and I had a team because I needed to. Um, and when I say team, I had two running partners, um, Matt Brady and Julia Stefano, because the complexity of the paperwork um, is that you have to have two additional people in your team to have a box above the line, right? So when you figure that out, you then find someone silly enough. Handy tip <laughs> for anyone thinking about running. Yeah, I don't think I should have told you. If you run, <laughs> don't run against me. <laughs> no, um, the, you've got a yeah, so you, you're finding out all these complexities with your paperwork and um, so you, you're roping in your friends and, and I roped in my colleagues from the soccer association, um, the football association, to do that and they, they really... Um, stepped up to that and and said yes I'll support you but not in a way where they wanted to be front and center or out in the public life they just wanted to support me in doing that um, and they were great so anytime I asked for photo opportunities up rocked these two guys and stood there beside me getting their photos taken and and trying to promote um, so that I could run for council. Uh, I didn't have a full team. I did have a lot of people um, put their hands up if we needed to do the polling booths, Uh, but I made a call that I didn't want to put them in any danger, so I actually said I wasn't going to have um, people at polling booths on election day. Wow. Um, Which was a good call and in the end um, both my now colleagues, um, Liberal and Labor colleagues, they both supported that and also didn't have anyone um, in the E-Ward on polling day. Big changes. Really big changes. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's talk about those because you've got obviously got a plan for the next couple of years. Yeah. What does that look like for Sutherland Shire? Well, I had a plan. <laughs> I do have a plan. My plan really is to be transparent and open. Um, I don't know what I don't know. So now I've been elected, I'm learning all the complexities that come along with process and governance and all the things, all the nice things. You're that... making me sweat when you say that. 
<laughs> there is so much paperwork and things that you've got to really look look into. And it's not as, you know, on the surface everyone sort of says, oh, just do this, but it, it's not like that at all. Um, I've only ever promised that you will get transparency from me. Um, I will ask what the community wants and be a voice on council for them. Uh, we're going to have some hard decisions that are going to need to be made, I'm sure, and especially when we're fighting at budget time to, you know, make mm. the Shire a better place. We've got, we're a large place. We've got over 230,000 residents, you know, so um, it's a big job and there's 15 councillors working together. So my promise has always been you'll always get honesty and transparency from me. Um, and as I move through it and, and, and learn a lot more, uh, people will be able to find out um know a bit more about what I'm doing and one of those things is that they'll always know why I've, I've voted a certain way if they ask I'll be very open and honest about that. Well it sounds like you're bringing some pretty heavy negotiation skills to the table where did you get those from? So um, I'm in sales and marketing. <laughs> um, I've sold. I, yeah no look I've, I'm head of growth for a not-for-profit disability organization now but um in my career, I've worked for organisations like um, Gojo, which is your Purell hand sanitizer, which you obviously need now, but I didn't work with for them during the pandemic. And you didn't buy shares either. I didn't. <laughs> um, I've worked for, you know, organisations um, that have you know, international ties. So you've had, you have to learn some really valuable skills during that sort of a career. And um, it's all about networking and working with people. You know, you, you don't, get your best results by working against people. You get your best results working with people. It's the honeypot. Yeah. We love right. the honeypot. I love the honeypot. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are some of those people around you? What are they going to say your best strengths are? Um yeah, look, this it's really hard to identify strengths when um for me I, I kind of never think about what my strengths are, but I think people would say that it's my communication skills, um, my ability to read a room and make people feel like they are part of whatever I'm trying to achieve or we are trying to achieve. Um, so it's always setting that common goal. Um, I think, you know, it's funny, I have a, a strength of just really being kind, you know, in all situations. And that's a People don't look at that like it's a strength, but in this day and age, I think it really is. Well, they always say, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and I think there's a picture of a lion, you know, and, yeah. the, and the reflection of something. <laughs> well, I'm actually a Leo, so, you know. There you go. I know. Loyal to a T, but I am a lion. <laughs> All right, so you've you've got a couple of people now working with you on your team. Is that um, is that how the councillors work? Like, do you do you work with others, or is it more of like you all just collaborate together? Look, we're, there's 15 of us um, across from across the shire. In each of the wards, there's three um, there's three councillors, and we need to all work together mm -hmm. um, for our constituents in that in that area um, and all 15 of us need to work together um, so I've got uh, Stephen Nikolovsky who is our Liberal um, and Peter Skaysbrook who is our Labor um, in the E-Ward that's our councillors that I work with on, on our local issues in those areas but again you have to be across everything that's happening in the Shire. Mm, I know there's a lot going on so yeah. give me some of the priorities for the next three years for you like what does that look like? Yeah, so the priorities for council, um, we're just starting our strategic planning for the community, so we don't have anything set 
for that um, right now. But I think, you know, I really want to make sure that we still achieve our um, active lifestyle. Definitely want to be focusing on business um, and really achieving the results that kind of the council has already been steadily achieving over the years. I want to keep that going and maintain um, what we already have. Do you think we're a healthy council? Do you think it's... We are definitely a healthy council, yeah. yeah. You know, coming into it, I think it's been a really well-managed business and um, there's a great team there. Of course, there's things that need to be changed and it's been identified some of those complexities, like our website as an example is quite complex, (laughs) just to find one or two things. But they already know that, you know, and it's really great to hear the council staff, you know, talking about some of the things that they want to change. Yeah. And what about that entertainment centre? How's that going along? Yeah, it's going great. Yeah. Yeah. It's still still in its building stage, but it's coming along great and I can't wait to see it finished. (laughs) I can't either. All right, so you've now become what they call a poly. You're (laughs) officially in the fold. Um, Who in that arena do you admire and why? Like tell me now if you were to look at some of our female politicians, like who would you admire and um, what do you like about them? I think I'm going to go with a local one. Um, We've got a local member, um, the Honourable Eleni Pejnos, I really admire her. I think that she has um, worked seriously hard for our local community and um, she's now Minister of Fair Trading and Small Business and that's a huge achievement for for someone. And I think, you know, um, I've always admired how she showed up. Um, I've watched her throughout her time, how she presents herself, how she communicates and how even during difficult times, you know, we've had some difficult times where we're some politicians probably wouldn't show up. She still showed up and 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 been accountable or, or spoken with the community. So yeah, I, I think I admire her um, in our local area. Yeah, I, and from the men's point of view, I I really admire uh, Mark Speakman. I think he is just amazing, and um, our very own mayor Carmelo Pesky. I think he's you know such a genuine guy who just shows up as well. And I think that's so important for a politician to turn up even when it's the going's tough. Yeah, they're all very approachable. And so, like I was telling you before, I've interviewed a couple, like most of them, at a lot of the events they all turn up, which is really good, and yeah. they're always sort of willing to listen to what people are, are saying, especially the community. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else like in the general sphere of the world that um, oh, outside yeah. politicians? Yeah, look, my grandmother, I, you know, I just absolutely, she's got dementia now, but I absolutely admire her and she has set the tone for the way that I think I as a woman have achieved things. And so she's unassuming and just laughed, her laughter at everything. It's just so beautiful. And that's what we should do is smile and laugh at most things. I think life is too short yet so long. So we really need to have a bit of a laughter along the way. Yeah, I know. We all need that now, especially after the last two years. It's been pretty hectic for most people. She's doing well then. Yeah, she's doing well. She's still kicking along. She'll, she's so stubborn. <laughs> and what advice does she give you? Oh, no. Or even before she was sick, what did she give you? She just always said go and do whatever you want to do and just do it well and, you know, make sure that you don't hurt anyone along the way. And I think that was, you know, she's always been supportive and whenever I call her she's always got the same story to tell me. When I was younger she told me to go wash my face and so I washed my face but I left this big um kind of dirt mark right around so I had this 
you know, rosy cheeks and flashing face with this dirty mark around. And she's always telling me that story. And she said, I just came out with this big smile. And she said, that's what she always remembers is the big smile. Yeah. Now, and now on that, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, well, I had a child quite young, so I'd probably say think um, <laughs> your choices will always impact you <laughs> in the long run. Whatever you do will impact you. But, yeah, I think that's the, probably the best advice. And also I think I'd probably um, tell myself not to sweat the little things so much, mm. um, you know, we all overthink and stress about um, a lot of little things and that doesn't help when the big things come along. Yeah, I think the big things need boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> and we waste a lot of energy on the little things yes. when really we should be focusing on those big things that yeah. have got boundaries. That's right. <laughs> all right. And tell me now, in, in relation to you, you're going to come up um, probably with a lot of opposition, I guess, too, to some of the, the innovative ideas that you've got. Um, how do you deal with distractions generally? Yeah, I think um, one of the things about distractions is the world is a distraction. Um, we've got everything fast moving and going on. Um, so you really have to stay focused on what outcome you're wanting to achieve and what goals. Um, and I think writing them down, making sure that you reaffirm each day that you're you what are you wanting to achieve um, helps with those distractions and also sometimes allow yourself to be distracted so that you can then come back to what you've got to do um, you know allow that time so make sure you've got that small amount of time where you go okay now I'm going to go get distracted and then stop and come back to what you need to achieve what's one of your biggest distractions um, probably my biggest distraction um, is football so <laughs> Sport is a big distraction in my life. Um, I do I do prioritise kind of everything but home. <laughs> so, yeah, sport's a big distraction. Um, but really I think I think it's also something because I achieve so much in sport as well for, for the community, so I allow myself that distraction as well. What, tell me about those achievements. What do they look like? Yeah, so I'm the vice president of the Southern Shire Football Association. Um, I'm the first female vice president, so that's a huge achievement. Um, I got really distracted and, and went and did that. <laughs> and then, um, or you took your grandmother's advice, if you want something, just go and do it. Exactly, exactly. Depends how you look at it. It depends which way you want to look at it. Um, look, we've achieved so, we have achieved so much. So it's not just about what I'm, I'm achieving, it's it's a we in everything we do. Um, there's a huge team around the football sphere of volunteers. We've got 26 clubs out there. Um, all of them, every year, they're putting thousands of people on the park to play football, um, to have coaches, managers, volunteers, and it's a huge feat. They also get involved in things um, for, you know, Cancer Council, um, pancreatic cancer, all of the different types of charities. So it's really about bringing that community together and um, that's great distraction to have is to really be distracted by the community and supporting those kind of initiatives. Um, so that's one of my achievements, I think. Yeah, good good distraction and a great achievement. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it down there. Now what about confrontations? Oh, I'm so not good at confrontation. <laughs> Seriously, I, I crawl into the corner, put my thumb in my mouth in the fetal position and try and regroup and then I come back bigger and stronger. Um, I don't look at anything as a confrontation though, to mm. be serious. That was a bit of a joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never really done that. <laughs> um, no, to be serious, I don't look at things as confrontational. I think people do try to be confrontational because they like to see you under pressure um, and people will always test you. I've noticed um, I, I'm, I really get surprised by some people in life um, as to the things that they say and the reasons why they say things. And so I have to keep reminding myself to respect other people's model of the world. Um, it's really important to remember you don't know what's going on for them, you don't know why they're doing things, um, and whilst you might allow your emotions at that moment to feel upset or anger or all the, the genuine things that the humans feel, you need to remind yourself not to lash out or fight back in the same manner because you can only control how you turn up. You can't control how they turn up. Mm. Oh, important advice for everybody. <laughs> oh. What about disappointment? Oh, look, you know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. <laughs> and, and it's all, I think the disappointment comes from expectations, right? Mm. So if you expect things to turn out a certain way or to be something, you will then become disappointed when it doesn't go down that path. So for me, I think um, I don't really try and allow myself to be set up for disappointment. Um, I, I really try and think about solutions and how I can keep going even if it seems like there's a wall in the place that's disappointing. It's a detour, not a roadblock. That's exactly right. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it's and the long way round. Exactly. It's sometimes with our traffic around here, we always have to detour. <laughs> Thanks to the council doing their work. Then, and how good is it? The roads are so much better now. <laughs> yes, yes. We do remember what the Princess Highway used to look like. Um, oh, that's really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah. Have they got a real focus on how we're going to yeah. know, keep the keep the beautiful shoreline or? Um, yeah, that's a huge priority for council. It always has been mm. um, and it always will be, I'm sure. Con living in the Shire, which is just our environment is so beautiful and I think um, we, we need to protect it and that is definitely a priority for council. Yeah, definitely. Um, and how do you stay focused on the goal? Like what is it that's it's driving you to um, to sort of see out the next three years and beyond hopefully Yeah, and, and achieve what you want? Yeah, I think um, the key thing there is it's not what I want. Um, I think the, the key is it's the community, what they want and what they need. Um, and I really, my drive is to make sure that we've got um, that community voice and that independent voice uh, for them to be able to have to not only be heard is for them to be able to understand what why there might be a no or why there why there is a decision that's not necessarily favourable for them. Um, there's a lot of questions that people would ask as to why can't I do something when in reality there is probably a very valid reason that you can't just silo into that small location because we're such a big shire and one little decision might impact something quite major. So I think, you know, it's not just about me. It's about the community. It's about what we can achieve as a community. Um, and, you know, 15 councillors on there. Well, two years and nine months is not long at all. I, I, I'm actually worried that we won't be able to achieve everything that we want in that time. And then we have to go straight back out to campaigning again and trying mm. to, you know, go through that minefield. <laughs> yeah, I never I never really understood that timing. I think especially if you haven't got a plan set ready to go when you get in there. Like you've been in three months now yeah. and you're saying that there's no real plan. It's sort of got to still be formulated. So really yeah. you only get about two years because then you start to gear up 
yeah. for another campaign. So the beauty, I mean, whilst I might still be learning myself personally, uh, the council has the experience. This. That's yep. right. They've done this year on year, over and over again. Well, Car- Carol Proven's been there for. Hasn't she? Decades, I think it is. She is so beautiful. What a lovely human. And yeah, there's a a reason why she's been there for that long and keeps getting re-elected. She just, and her experience and wealth of knowledge, it's so valuable. Yeah, she's Um, a real sort of, um, I guess, foundation for the the council, councillors to rely on. Yeah, she really is. And she's our deputy mayor too. So, Mm. you know, I was super pleased that there was a female deputy mayor considering there's seven councillors. Councillors now, female councillors on there. So, you know, it's great to have uh, someone that you can maybe be mentored by who is, who's been around for that long and is a female. Well, I think this is the first time ever that there's been that many female yeah. representatives. It's great, right? Yeah. Well, we've, I think we feel like we're playing on even fields now. Yeah. Like we haven't got the boys club and we haven't got the handshake and yeah. the closed rooms. Like it's all got to be. <laughs> the guys have been great. You know, it's, it's really, I mean, I have it's so early days, you know. Yeah. I, but I do think that it's it's a nice. I'm, I've got fresh eyes, and I, I look at it differently. I, I have a unique view on the world. Um, and I think um, the generations too, the generational change in attitudes towards women is is huge. Yeah. Like you know, they are seen as valuable, especially with your business and your work experience. You're bringing those that yeah. skill set to the table. So it's. Yeah, and I think I think also like um, we've got a lot of great male supporters of women in the Shire. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you see so many women in the Shire who are just succeeding and exceeding expectations and then you always find out that there's someone who's really supporting them and it, it's, it's more than likely males, right? So I love that. I love that balance between the male and female. I think we've, we're going to keep maintaining that balance rather than um, over-swinging either way. Well, I think the attitude has very much shifted from that we're taking from them when we're actually saying there's more room available yeah. like we're not we're not taking up their space we're actually creating space yeah. for us which you know Mr Morrison didn't get quite right a while back <laughs> He, he tries hard. He tried hard but he just didn't get it that it's not about taking their space up it's about creating space. Yeah. Um for everybody to be there. I know. I just <laughs> drive, that the comment still drives me wild. <laughs> But, you know, that's the reason we do it. It's the reason we have those conversations because, yeah, you just don't quite get it. Um, Now, you're going to have some challenges. Yep. And what what are they? What are they going to be for you, do you think? Uh, I think there's a few challenges. One, um, you know, we've got got a – look, there's going to be some challenges of learning. Um, You've got to learn fast, quickly. Um, The meetings – there's a whole lot of complexities to everything. Even just the first meeting we had, um, had, I had to vote for something and they called a division and I didn't have my phone to Google what that meant, right? So I was like, okay, what are we going to do? So I'm watching everyone. Division means you have to stand up. Okay, stand up. Now yes. sit down. Now stand up. And I thought, wow, this is, and, and I thought it was moving a little fast, but it actually wasn't. The mayor was doing an amazing chairing job and keeping it slow and explaining everything. But it's, you know, when, like I said earlier, it's what you don't know, you don't know. Mm. It's actually a real challenge to kind of learn each of the steps and there's so much to learn. It's like learning a new language though because it's, it's, it's a yeah. culture like in that sort of there you're so used to running it that way. It's um It would be quite difficult to learn what yep. the key terms are and 
uh, yeah, maybe there's a manual in that that we need to create. That we do because, um, you know, they've got some acronym manuals mm. out there. I had to, um, someone said that oh, people are voting on party lines. I Googled what party lines was. I had no <laughs> idea what anyone was talking about. I still, I still, I figured it out. But it's, I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting to me because there's so many different terminologies and things that people say and I'm looking at it thinking, oh, I didn't think like that at all. That's, so that's a huge challenge actually to step up and listen, learn and start to be able to speak that language. Like you said, it's a, a whole new language. I don't think I'll ever speak it as much as they do because mm-hmm. I don't really want to lose um, my language, <laughs> which is just layman's terms for let's get the job done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do want to be able to kind of communicate a little bit at that level and um, I think. I think. Well, ultimately you'll become an interpreter. So you'll, yes. be able to, you'll be able to go into those meetings and talk that language and then come out to the real people and go, so this is what we spoke about. That's exactly what my plan is. Yes. You just summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> You now have a new title. I do. I'm an interpreter, an independent interpreter for EWOD. <laughs> well, now, you, you're only part-time on this council. Yeah. Okay, so it sounds like a full-time job. Um, what are you, you're also working. Yes. And you've got a family. Yes. So let's have a, let's learn a little bit more about Laura on the personal side. Like, so what does the other side of Laura look like? Yeah, okay. So, um I have a husband and two kids. Um, my daughter is 26 this year and she is living in Queensland. Um, I'm due to be a nan in July. Oh, wow. Yeah, you heard it here You first. look too young. <laughs> I am going to be a nan. That's why I've got a voice for radio, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's she's due in on the eighth of July. My son is twenty one and he's a police officer at Bankstown. Oh um, wow! So he's busy, busy. Um, my husband he works for New South Wales Health um, as their security advisor, and um, I have a nephew who lives with us um, who's twenty seven. And yeah, I've got my niece. She just moved in with us to go to university down here because she lives out in the country. So I've got a full boarding house again, which is fun. Um, I know. That keeps you inspired. Yeah. <laughs> and on your toes. Kids are great, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're learning and they're sponges and they're watching you and everything you do and then you're watching them and trying to learn from them as well. Um, yeah, so I've got those. That's my family life. Uh, then I've got full-time work. Um, as I said, I'm the head of growth for um, a disability organisation called Foresight. Give them a bit of a plug. Yes. <laughs> well, tell, me, tell me a little bit about that because I think that. It's an interesting space yeah, look, to be in. It's a, it's a beautiful space. I love the not-for-profit. I love mm-hmm. um, the fact that we can provide a service. People are, um, you know, at the centre of everything we do and I think um, we, we have homes for people with disabilities. So we have active support workers. We've got behavioural support. Um, you know, we're looking at everything that we can do to expand on that for our... Um, and that provides them that quality of life, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Quality of life... Um, but independence as well. Mm. So it's their choice and, and it's just active support workers mean that they actually support them actively with what they're doing. Um, so it might be that they're making a cup of tea but there's a support worker there who's helping them actively make that cup of tea. Um, it's really important for them to have that independence and choice. Yeah. yeah so, I, look, my life pretty much um, everything I do is has the same theme and that same theme is people at the centre of everything I do. Acts of service. You yeah. have a love language. Look yeah. at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it means that you're a carer and a yeah. nurturer and, you know, you're community-minded. It's all those yeah. um, ones that that's where you get value out of your relationships. and Yeah, it really do. I think it's a, it's that giver, you know. You've got, to mm. give, you've got to remember you've been given a life, so what can you give back? Um, so Without like, expectations. A hundred percent. No expectations because then you get disappointed. <laughs> and then you have to go back into that dealing with that. Yeah, exactly. It's a full cycle. Oh, it's a full it. cycle. I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, I, this has been really interesting yeah. and I hope that um, our listeners have got to know you a little bit better, yeah, uh, a little bit deeper so that they can you now they can definitely come contact you and uh, approach you in the street. Yeah, absolutely. Signatures, you, you'll sign. <laughs> <you'll>... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to ask, I went and visited something somewhere the other day and they asked for a photo with me and I'm, I don't, it's like why? That's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so different. You sort of go, oh, why? And then I'm just forever now before I left the house, I'm always just making sure my hair is done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know. You know more tracksuits for you. Is that what that is? Well, the thing, yeah, I think I'll probably still wear tracksuits. Like you'll probably see me around the football field on a Saturday and still in that tracksuit, but I probably will be immaculate hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a smidge of eye shadow or whatever it is that you, yeah, just it. brighten the face up. Yeah, it's it's um it's a real different um way of thinking now people yeah. you know you you have to remind yourself that what you say you're actually saying as a counselor so you need to remember that people look at you and they see counselor they don't mm. they don't just see Laura and I think that's important that's part of our training at um, council is to remember you know what you say is is critical to what people perceive yeah and you become your own personal brand in that because I did actually have a note to ask you about what it's going to be like considering that you have you, I mean you've got a public role in the football but public role in the community oh. is a very different yeah um a different sort of experience yeah. so have you been given any advice about how to deal with that being in the public eye you know it's really interesting um because even though I was the vice president I like the first female vice president we didn't promote that or do anything with that and everything I do at the football association I've always done it behind the scenes I've never wanted to be public about it because it's not about me it's about football and it's about our clubs and our members um and, and achieving results for them now it's about the community, and I keep trying to push it back onto the community, right, but there is things where you just kind of have to go, actually, people want to know about you and they want to talk about you um, like we are today. Mm. It's actually when we talked about challenges earlier, I probably should have identified that as one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll go back and put that in. (laughs) Because it is is a challenge, right, Um, because when we think about public life and people watching your every move or what you say or people following you on Facebook um it it feels sometimes like you're scrutinized and and you should be seen as a level above what expectations above human yeah above human no but that's exactly right like if you think about how we look at our politicians or our, Mm. our queen and all of that sort of stuff we always have these high high expectations so it it feels um it feels a bit like it's going to be a challenge for me because I, I am not that kind of polished person. Um, but we will see. We will see. I, I haven't had advice. Um, I probably should seek some. <laughs> Have you got any advice? <laughs> well, 
I just I think you just need to be yourself and, and yeah. like you're allowed to be angry and upset and frustrated and annoyed and disgusted. Yeah. And I think that's what people, you know, because that makes you human. Yeah. Um, but you're also allowed to be excited and have joy and like I think you need to experience the full spectrum yeah. of that and then hopefully people have a little bit more generosity of thought to understand what you might have experienced that put you through the roof or made you so happy because that's ultimately what has shaped you to become who you are and why you would react or respond in that way like you know what I mean like rather than thinking like we were saying before rather than thinking it's about them it's actually you know probably something to do with your experience that you've been through I think um, I've dealt with a lot of traumatized people in my role and I think that that's where people are lacking in the community is that there's no generosity of thought as to what that experience has been like for them yeah and you and can't be everything to everyone by the way <laughs> you can't no. you never ever there's always going to be for every one person you make happy three people or so and I mean don't quote my numbers, but, you know, there's always going to we'll be. We'll just go with the 25% breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that would sound really good. But, you know, there's always going to be it's that. It's more like 50 people are going to be upset, so that one person will be. <laughs> I'm an optimist, okay. <laughs> but there's going to be that amount of people that are not happy, you know, yeah. and vice versa. You might make, you know, so many people unhappy and a greater amount of people happy, so. Yeah, and how do you find that balance and yeah. and negotiate that? So I think I think you'll do a wonderful job negotiating <laughs> that. And I, I'm so pleased that we have seven women, including yourself, yep. on the council. Um, it make I look forward to speaking to them all. Yeah. Um, and you know, just being able to see see you guys all come together and you know make a huge difference in the shire. I think um, the next three years could be quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we just want to get some more activity down here in Cronulla. Oh, You've got that. three women. See, three we women. just put your heads together and we'll we'll have it all sorted by Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now where can we um, follow you? you? Uh, see, on Facebook at CR Laura Cal. Um, you can also on Instagram, Laura Cal Independent, and uh, you can reach me on email at laura at lauracal.com. Oh, see, so too. And so you've got your own webpage, so we can go yeah. on and stalk you there. Oh, yes. You can go to www.lauracal.com and you can look at my webpage as well. All right. I branded myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what you got to do. Yeah. Well done. All right. Well, thank you so much for this candid chat today. Oh, and um, we're here to support you all the way. Thanks, Pip. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Laura was recently recognised as Miranda Woman of the Year 2022 for her contributions to the Sutherland Shire and her passion for civic service. I'm always humbled by people who share their vulnerability with the confidence and optimism of lifelong learning. I took from this interview that Laura has a level of bravery, which is the definition of confidence by doing and being despite not knowing all the details until they get there. As a mum with kids, I am particularly impressed by Laura's support for young people in our sporting community, which is completely run by volunteers. Having done those roles, the energy and coordination required to run grassroots sports is highly undervalued. So as you get to know Laura in this interview, she asked me to pass on that you can reach out to her She is approachable and as your representative, she will advocate in her leadership role that has seen her take on every challenge in her stride. So I look forward to seeing what and how this innovative woman creates the change she wants to see.
We hope this interview gives you some more insight into the landscape of politics of the Sutherland Shire councillors. And if you'd like to reach out, you can find the links in the show notes. In the meantime, we want to let you know that ShirePod does not show favouritism or align with any political party. But you can leave us a comment below or reach out via email at sutherlandshirepodcaststation.com.au. 